Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Fill Your Bowl podcast. I can't believe it's been another week, like seriously, where is the time going? It is October and Vancouver is still like 24 degrees, it is insane, but I'm here for it, I'm loving it. I am a summer gal, so I do not mind the hot weather. So I thought I would do something a little bit different at the beginning of today's episode and give a mini life update because I've been experiencing something lately and I thought why not share because it could help someone else out there. So I will tell you a little bit about what's been going on with me lately. If you've seen my Instagram stories, you might already know and have seen like snippets of what's been happening, but I thought I would just share the full story. So yeah, here we go. So I will start from the beginning a couple of weeks ago. I went on a pretty long hike it was around 28 kilometers which is around 19 miles and this hike had been on my bucket list for so long like I was super excited to do this hike I'd been wanting to do it for ages and I was finally doing it so there was no stopping me (laughs) Um, but I felt good like at the beginning of the hike I felt really good I did the hike like it was a long hike so on the way back I was like oh I've got some aches and pains but it was nothing too serious it was like okay my knees kind of aching a little my feet really hurt it was nothing bad like I didn't injure myself but after that hike I was like okay I need a break like I need to give my body a good rest now nothing hurt I didn't injure myself but I just knew my body had been through a lot with that hike and I needed to rest so I told myself I'm gonna spend the next week just resting I'm not gonna go to the gym and maybe I'll do like a little bit of yoga just gentle exercises and just go on some walks And of course, I didn't end up doing that because that voice inside my head was like, okay, you're feeling good now, like you could probably go to the gym. And this was on Wednesday. So I did the hike on the Saturday. And then the following Wednesday, that voice in my head was like, yep, you could probably go to the gym now. You probably should go to the gym. And I listened. I listened to that voice, which I know does not have my best interests at heart and wants me to go to the gym for the wrong reasons, i.e. because I it was telling myself, like, if you don't go to the gym, like, you won't be able to eat breakfast, like, those thoughts were starting to come back up, or if you don't go to the gym, you're going to put on weight, these thoughts were starting to come back up, I then, like, kind of checked in with my body, and I was like, no, do you know what, I am feeling, like, okay, maybe I'll do a little bit in the gym, so I went to the gym on that Wednesday, I did 20 minutes on the Stepmaster, and afterwards, I was like, nope, I shouldn't have done that, it kind of triggered a couple of nerve pains in my body. So a couple of years ago, I uh, did have an injury. And I if you've listened to my first episode of the podcast, I do go into quite some detail about this, how I kind of overdid it with exercise, I injured myself, and then I had nerve pains all over my body for a couple of months. So the nerve pains started to come back. And I stopped at 20 minutes, I wanted to do longer, but I kind of checked in with my body and was like, no, I my body doesn't want to do this so I stopped at the 20 minute mark I went home and I didn't kind of do anything else for the rest of the day because the nerve pains were just getting worse and worse and I was just kicking myself because I shouldn't have done it I shouldn't have gone to the gym I told myself I was going to spend the week resting after that big hike and I should have just done that I should have just stuck with the original plan and not listened to that voice that was creeping into my head telling me I should go to the gym But anyway, I did it, whatever. I then spent the next couple of days having nerve pains and I had a big hike again to do the the following Saturday. Um, So it's now the Wednesday and I had planned a hike with my friend on the following Saturday. 
and I didn't want I don't know I didn't want to let her down I was feeling okay by the time Saturday came around I was like okay the pains have gone like I think I'm feeling okay this is just such a stupid error on my behalf like I'd already I'd already gone to the gym on Wednesday and it didn't feel good and I should I should not have done the hike on the Saturday but I did I went and did the hike with my friend on the Saturday my foot was hurting the entire time and I just ignored it ignored it ignored it and this is exercise addiction to a T when you are injured and you keep exercising through it like I listened to this voice inside of me that was telling me I should exercise when the healthy side of me was telling me I shouldn't because I need to rest but I went and did this hike anyway my foot was really hurting throughout it I came home and the pain was just so bad and the nerve pain started to get worse and worse in my body. I then spent the whole of Sunday pretty much like bed bound, couch bound. I couldn't move because every time I moved, it, like the pain went into my shoulder, which went into my ribs. And then I found it really hard to breathe because I felt so winded. So it was just this whole thing. It was a mess. And I messed up. I should not have done any exercise but I did and it's just it's a lesson to myself and I guess it's a lesson to everyone else as well that sometimes you're going to listen to that eating disorder voice like sometimes you're going to listen and I have come so so far on my journey with healing my relationship with food and exercise I've come I've like come leaps and bounds I really have and I have fully healed my relationship with food it is just exercise (laughs) I I still have a little bit of a way to go there and this is just a reminder that sometimes we have setbacks sometimes we do listen to that voice inside our head that is telling us you need to do this behavior which we know is not healthy like our healthy self knows But sometimes that eating disorder voice, it just gets the best of us. And it does not mean you're a failure. Like you have not failed. You've just had a little setback. And instead of judging yourself for that, get curious, learn from it. Like I am learning from that behavior. And I now know that if I've told myself that I need to rest, I'm going to bloody rest because I really don't like it when I am forced to rest from an injury because I've overexerted myself like I want to rest when I choose to rest not when my body forces me to rest because I physically actually can't do anything so this is just a big reminder that you need to listen to your body your body knows best your body is constantly sending you signals and your body is working for you it's not working against you it wants you to thrive like it is always helping you to thrive in life but you have to listen to it in order to do that you have to give it what it needs and what it wants in order for it to thrive and help you live the best possible life so I did try my very first acupuncture session last week to try and I, I don't even I still don't quite understand what acupuncture is but I understand they put needles in your pressure points and it gets like the circulation flowing and it's supposed to be really good for a number of different things like you can literally go to acupuncture for anything so I went to acupuncture I really didn't know what to expect because I I just I didn't really read up too much about it but a couple of people had told me it could help with nerve pains and I went I really enjoyed it it was very relaxing and I genuinely think it helped. And I've booked another session for two weeks time. So I'm really excited for that. So yeah, I think I'm now on the acupuncture hype. 
I am all for more natural ways of healing the body. I think every single time I've been to a doctor, it's never been good. (laughs) I've never really had a great experience with many doctors. There's probably about one doctor in my my whole life I've had a good experience with who recognized that I had a B12 deficiency. But other than that, I've not had great experiences. So I, I am very much into the natural healing. And I think acupuncture, it was good. It was it was really good at just relaxing my body. The woman I saw was great and very soothing. She knew her stuff. She was telling me a lot about traditional Chinese medicine and I love all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was a good session. And I'm just excited now to lean into my body and allow it to heal. Like I'm now telling myself I am going to rest and I am listening. (laughs) I am 100% listening to my body and I will be resting for the foreseeable future. There will be no exercise for me. I am struggling to even go for walks at the minute. So I'm just having to embrace the staying in your apartment life. And I find it really, really hard because I... I'm not the sort of person that enjoys staying in. I love going out. I love doing things. I do love a hiking. Like I'm in Vancouver and I've had the best summer hiking and going on all different types of adventures. So it's so hard to now be in a position where I'm like, I actually can't really leave my apartment because my body won't allow me to. And the only thing that keeps me going is having things to focus on. Like sometimes it is okay to have distractions and to not always kind of be sitting with your feelings. Like sometimes you do need distractions from that. So one thing that really helps me is just having other things that I can focus on, like recording podcast episodes, making content for Instagram, reading, journaling, meditating. Like I'm really leaning into all of these other tools that I know really help me and they help like calm me down and relax my body and putting all of my focus into other things that aren't exercise because otherwise I am going to drive myself crazy being in the apartment, not being able to exercise. I'm like the internal battle is so real inside my mind where I'm telling myself I need to exercise, but my healthy self is like, no, you can't exercise. The internal battle is crazy and it's exhausting. So I know that I have to make sure I have other distractions and things that I can put all of my attention and focus into. So my brain just doesn't have time to have that internal battle. Okay, so I am going to go into this in a bit more detail in today's episode. And we're going to be talking about your eating disorder self versus your healthy self and how you can distinguish between the two. So let's get into it and start today's episode. Hi everyone and welcome to the Fill Your Bowl podcast. Each week I'm going to bring you new episodes which will inspire you to jump out of your comfort zone and ditch society's expectations of what's normal. This podcast is designed for anyone who wants to fill up their bowl in all areas of their life, whether that's physically, mentally, spiritually or emotionally. If you're finally ready to jump on the self-love train and opt out of what society expects of you, then you're in the right place. I want to bring you raw and honest conversations on mental health, relationships, navigating life in your 20s, healing your relationship with food, exercise and your body and lots more. Grab a coffee, turn the volume up and let's get started with today's episode. Thank you for tuning in and remember, what's the one thing you'll regret not doing when you're 80 years old? Now go do it.
Okay, so firstly, what do I mean by both of these terms? What do I mean when I say your eating disorder self and your healthy self? Because if you have an eating disorder, then you will have an eating disorder self or you'll have a healthy self. And even if you have or you're struggling with disordered eating, you might have that part of you that wants to engage in those behaviors. And then you might have this other part of you that wants to have a normal relationship with food. I imagine if you are listening to this podcast and you are already very aware of the internal battle that is going on in your head and this internal battle is usually between your ED self your eating disorder self and your healthy self so for example maybe one day you really want to eat breakfast and then a voice pops up saying you're not allowed to eat breakfast because you haven't earned it through exercise or you're not allowed to eat breakfast because you're it will make you gain weight or you're not allowed to eat breakfast because you are fasting and you're not allowed to eat until 12 o'clock And maybe this voice will then try to convince you that you are a bad person for eating breakfast. It will make you think that you will gain weight if you eat breakfast or you will lose all control if you eat breakfast. These thoughts are coming from your eating disorder self. And over time, as you have listened to these thoughts over and over again and followed their directives, this part of you has become stronger and stronger and stronger to the point where it is running your life. And these thoughts are the ones that are in control. And these thoughts and your eating disorder self is very, very different from your healthy self. Your healthy self will understand that eating breakfast is normal and healthy and it doesn't need to be earned through exercise. But currently your eating disorder self is stronger and it is in the driving seat. So because of that, because it is stronger, it is at the forefront of your mind and you are more likely to listen to those directives from your eating disorder self than you are from your healthy self because you believe those eating disorder thoughts are the truth. You believe that that is what the truth is and that is what you should be doing because if you don't, then all of your fears that your eating disorder self is kind of telling you will happen will happen if you do end up listening to your healthy self. Am I making sense here? (laughs) I hope I'm making sense. So currently your eating disorder self is in the driving seat and identifying and understanding your eating disorder and healthy self will really help you understand your eating disorder on a deeper level. And the goal isn't to try and get rid of your eating disorder self. Like that is never the goal. The goal is to learn from it, is to discover what is it doing for you? Like what are your eating disorder behaviors or your disordered eating behaviors? What do they do for you? How are they helping you? Because at the minute you are using these behaviors as a coping mechanism. So it is so important to learn from these behaviors because it is going to teach you what areas of your life you need to look at and what areas need work in. And once you start learning from your eating disorder self, you can then practice strengthening your healthy self to take over the job that it is currently doing and this is when you learn healthy coping mechanisms which will help you cope with the things that your current eating disorder behaviors (laughs) there's a siren going in the background I feel like that is going to be very disruptive okay I think it has now gone (laughs) I just paused myself for a minute um but yeah your healthy self are the, the healthy coping mechanisms that you can learn to help you deal with the everyday life stresses so you don't have to use your eating disorder behaviors And then when you have learned these healthy coping mechanisms, you will no longer need your eating disorder self. It won't be useful anymore or necessary because you've learned how to deal with the emotions and the stresses of life. 
So what is the goal? The goal is to be able to deal with stresses in life without using your eating disorder behaviors. Because at the minute, you may be using food to either cope with difficult emotions, numb out pain, restrict to feel in control, or just simply make yourself feel better in any way, or just to be ignoring the feelings that you find difficult to deal with and you don't want to deal with. Again, just numbing out the the pain and the feelings that you just don't want to cope with. And you may think that your eating disorder thoughts and behaviors are just who you are. You may think that recovery is not possible for you, like this is who you are, this is how you deal with things, and that's that. But I am here to tell you that that is not true. Your eating disorder behaviors are not who you are, and full recovery is 100% possible for you. Your eating disorder thoughts have become who you think you are, but they are not actually who you are. And you 100% have the power to change your thoughts and change your behaviors. Okay, so let's look at how you can distinguish between your ED self and your healthy self. So a common statement is part of me wants to get better and part of me doesn't. I'll say that again. Part of me wants to get better and part of me doesn't. So there's a part of you that is really holding on to that eating disorder and holding on to those behaviors. But then there's also a part of you that really wants to live a a normal life around food and exercise and eat food guilt free. And, you know, with no shame and no fear and no anxiety around food. You have these two voices inside of you, again, an internal battle going at it on a a day-to-day basis and it is exhausting having those two voices on going at a daily battle like it is so exhausting and this statement it means that you recognize there is a part of you that is healthy and a part of you that that does want to get better and you may even try you may even tell yourself okay I'm going to challenge your fear food because you know it is a step forward in recovery and you know it's the best thing for you you know it's the right thing to do but when the time actually comes you back out because your eating disorder self takes over like does this sound familiar to you I know the amount of times I've done this myself where I've told myself okay today's going to be the day that I challenge like my exercise addiction and I don't do any exercise today and then I don't know I find myself sneaking in like a 15 minute hit workout and I'm like oh it doesn't count it was only 15 minutes but it it does still count <laughs> and same with fear food the amount of times I've told myself okay I'll do it next week I'll I'll do it tomorrow like not today today's not the right time like there will never be a right time but the amount of times I told myself I will do it tomorrow tomorrow will be the right time like it has to be perfect like I whenever I was going to challenge a fear food I had this thing in my head where I kept telling myself like it has to be the perfect moment I like have to be in the mood for that food I have to be feeling it I have to be like maybe around people or alone like I was just making stuff up in my mind to try and get out of it and the truth is there's never going to be a right time there's never going to be a perfect moment and you just have to do it because your eating disorder will never allow you to say yep this is the right moment I'm going to do it now your eating disorder will just never say that and I know it is so so hard to go against that voice when it's screaming at you and it gets louder and louder it's telling you you shouldn't be doing this you're going to gain weight you're going to get fat and those thoughts are just all consuming like I get it I really get it and it's hard to go against it but in order to fully recover that is exactly what you've got to do you've got to counteract those thoughts that you are having you've got to take opposite action to what those thoughts are telling you to do 
and it will take time in order to recover you will need to learn to listen to your eating disorder because it is often it's alerting you about something that you need to pay attention to or something that you are feeling and when you listen and you figure out what this part of you is trying to tell you you can then figure out the best way that you can respond that doesn't involve eating disorder behaviors so let's look at an example here so say you had a really tough day at school or you you're at work and you miss a deadline and you, I don't know, you get a big telling off from your superior, you're feeling pretty shit about yourself and instantly the self-blame kicks in. You know, you know when you've just had a shit day and you just blame it on yourself, you start blaming it on your body and you start telling yourself, well, if I was skinnier, like I wouldn't feel like this, I'd be happy if I was skinnier. Um, maybe people wouldn't treat me like this if I had a thinner body. Like you start feeding yourself all of these lies and, you know, you, you just start abusing yourself. I've been there I think many of us have been there where something bad happens something I don't know is something in life just happens that wasn't the plan and it's a bit of chaos and instantly we go to our body and we blame ourselves and then maybe you go home after that really tough day at school or tough day at work and you either you do one of the two you either binge eat to numb out your feelings or you restrict your food so you can then feel some sense of power and some sense of control. Both of these behaviors are ignoring the true feelings that you are feeling. And you have adopted an unhealthy coping mechanism to keep you safe and protected from the stress of life and uncomfortable feelings. But these are just short-term solutions and won't actually fix the problem. So what are you really feeling? Maybe you're feeling embarrassed because you missed that deadline and you got shouted at <laughs> by your superior. Or maybe you feel ashamed, or maybe you feel unsupported. Like these are just a few of the feelings that you might actually be feeling, but you are ignoring and pushing aside and instead blaming your body and using food as a coping mechanism to deal with that. So really learning about your eating disorder behaviors and when you do them and why you do them will really help you figure out what is actually going on beneath the surface and what steps do I need to take to fix this problem long term? So maybe if it's a school thing, you need to go speak to a teacher to help deal with that. If it's the you're at work and you've missed a deadline, maybe you need to speak to your manager about your workload. Maybe you are overworked and you're stressed and you're overwhelmed and you just don't have time to do everything. And you need to speak to someone because that is the problem that needs fixing. And speaking to your manager will fix that problem in the long term instead of every single time you miss a deadline because you haven't voiced what the actual problem was and what you were feeling at that time to your manager you go home and you either binge eat or you restrict food to feel that sense of control. So you're not actually dealing with the root problem. You are using a short-term mechanism to, to deal with the problem and then it just, it's on repeat. It happens over and over again until you fix that problem. So it's all about learning how not to react, but rather just pay attention and deal with the real feelings or the real needs that are underlying the thoughts and behaviors. And then over time, as your healthy self gets stronger and stronger, you can then handle many different things in life. And there will be no reason for your eating disorder to exist. So I guess the question is, how do you strengthen your healthy self? You have to practice talking back to your eating disorder. 
even if at first you don't really believe what you're saying or you find it hard and difficult and uncomfortable like yes it's going to be uncomfortable because it's different it's a change and a lot of us don't like change so it is going to be uncomfortable but it's what you've got to do if you want a healthy relationship with food and most importantly with yourself so the very first step that you can take every single time you have an eating disorder thought pop up Think of another statement that counteracts what that eating disorder thought is. So for example, if one of your thoughts are, I can't eat dinner if I haven't been to the gym, your healthy self can talk back and say, restricting my food will just set me up for binging later. My body needs food to function and thrive. I don't earn food through exercise. My body needs it just by being alive. I am going to repeat that because that is a very important statement. So restricting my food will just set me up for binging later. My body needs food to function and thrive. I don't earn food through exercise. My body needs it just by being alive. Write it down. Tell yourself this statement over and over again because this is your healthy self talking. And the more you practice your healthy self statements, the more they're going to become easier for starters and become more automatic. They're just they're going to just start appearing automatically. And it's going to surprise you. And you're going to be like, whoa, like, (laughs) where did that come from? This is a new me. And it's great. And it's not a new you. It's the old you. It's the you that has always been there. And if you are really struggling to think of what your healthy self would say, what would you say to a friend? If your friend was coming to you and saying, I can't eat dinner if I haven't been to the gym, what would you say to your friend? What would you say to your son or your daughter or anyone, anyone that you love and care about, what would you tell them? Because I imagine you wouldn't say, yeah, you're right, you can't eat dinner because you haven't been to the gym. I imagine you would start saying to them, don't be ridiculous. Like, of course you can, like your body needs food. Like you 100% need to eat dinner. I imagine that's what you'll be saying. And you might even go on to explain how dangerous it is for them to skip dinner every single day. And this is your healthy self talking, but it might be a little bit easier to think of it being another person at first than yourself. Because usually your healthy self, it will run forward for other people. But for you, maybe not so much at first. Okay, so another statement that you might be telling yourself is, my body thrives off a low-carb diet. (laughs) I used to tell myself this all the time. I thrived off a low-carb diet, apparently. I did not. I did not thrive off a low-carb diet. My body was craving carbs which was why I like would binge on a whole packet of biscuits sometimes because my body craved carbs because I wasn't feeding it carbs at all throughout the day so then it gets to night time like sometimes it'll be nine o'clock ten o'clock and I'll be binging on an entire pack of biscuits because my body was so desperate for that food so if you are also someone that is telling yourself I can't have carbs um, I thrive off a low carb diet carbs will make me flat flat carbs will make me fat switch it around like counteract that statement with what your healthy self would say and maybe your healthy self would say balance is key not extreme thinking or acting because cutting out entire food groups can be dangerous and it is extreme thinking and if you are someone that is doing this maybe you're also stuck in that all or nothing mentality 
and you're seeing things as black and white and I can't eat this, I can eat that instead of everything in moderation and I'm allowed everything in my diet. Like I'll just listen to what my body is telling me at the time. And when we say allow everything into your diet, it doesn't mean that you eat pizza, cake and ice cream every single day. Like your body doesn't want that. When you actually start listening to what your body wants, it wants whole foods like it wants vegetables it wants nutrients and minerals and you get that from vegetables and beans and your body wants these things but it also wants fats and it also wants carbs and it also wants protein like it wants a mix of everything and when you start denying it of an entire food group that is when the cravings are going to kick in and that is when you are going to start maybe binge eating at night or on the weekends or whenever it is that you do it Okay, another statement that you might be saying is I'm being good today, so I'll choose the lowest calorie option. So instead of saying this, you've got to counteract it, you've got to dive deep into what would your healthy self say. So your healthy self might say, food has no moral value, I can't be a good or a bad person for eating certain foods. And the lowest calorie option is not always the healthiest option. Instead, I need to think about what I actually want to eat and not what has the least calories in. Okay, so you need to think about what you actually want to eat and not what has the least calories in because the lowest calorie option is not always the healthiest option. And even if you don't believe any of these sayings at first, practice, just practice pretending that you believe them, like just write them out and just give it a try. It does not hurt to just give it a try. And like I said before, pretend that you're talking to a friend. Pretend that you're talking to someone that you care very, very deeply about. What would you tell them if they were having these thoughts? So what I want you to do is have a pen and paper or... I don't know, just notes on your phone, whenever an eating disorder voice pops up in your head, I want you to write it down. Every single voice, write it down. Or every single rule that you tell yourself, write it down. And I then want you to counteract it with a healthy statement. What would your healthy self say? And if you can't think of anything, what would you tell someone else if they were having this exact thought? When you practice and practice and practice talking back to your eating disorder self with your healthy self, this is a really key part of eating disorder recovery. And over time, your healthy self will become so much stronger. You won't need your eating disorder self anymore because you know how to cope with those everyday life stressors with healthy coping mechanisms from your healthy self. And it is a process. And the goal is not to just get rid of your eating disorder self because like I said before, you want to learn from your eating disorder self. You wanna learn about your behaviors and why you're doing these behaviors and when you do these behaviors. They are such important messages for you. You wanna listen to them and learn from them and just get curious without judging yourself. And then over time, your ED self and your healthy self will integrate to become whole and you will just be healthy you at that point and just have the healthy thoughts coming forward because you've strengthened your healthy self your healthy self is in the driving seat and those healthy thoughts will start to become automatic over time and it's really weird because it's not like a moment where you think oh wow yeah I'm healthy now like it is a process over time and one day you'll just find yourself looking back and realize you're no longer engaging in your eating disorder behaviors and you really won't be able to pinpoint like a specific day because it's just a process that happens over time. 
And I just want you to know that it is so possible. Like being fully recovered is so, so possible. So please don't let anyone or don't let yourself try and convince you that it is not. I do have a podcast episode, which I'm going to plug here because I think it's very appropriate with Caroline Drummond-Smith. And I think it's called Living with Anorexia for 30 Years. And Caroline had anorexia for 30 years and then she recovered. Like she is now fully recovered and is a health coach and helping other people recover from their eating disorders. So she is literally living proof that no matter how long you have been living with this, there is a way out like recovery is possible. So please stop telling yourself that it isn't. Okay, so the one thing that I really want you to take away from this podcast episode and to start taking action on today is differentiating between your eating disorder self and your healthy self. And your eating disorder self are the negative thoughts that you are having around food and exercise in your body. And your healthy self is yourself that knows best. It's yourself that knows what you should be doing. But currently your eating disorder self is in the driving seat and you are kind of following these directives over your healthy self because it is what you are currently believing to be true. So start writing all of your ED thoughts down. So as I just mentioned, it might be that you are choosing to be good today and choosing the lowest calorie option and not eating carbs. And um, I don't know, you're telling yourself that if you don't lose weight, you can't ever be happy. Like all of these thoughts is your eating disorder and you want to start counteracting these thoughts. So your homework after listening to this episode is to start writing down every eating disorder thought that you have and then start counteracting that thought with a statement from your healthy self. Like, what would your healthy self do? And if you can't think of what your healthy self would do, what would your healthy self tell someone else to do? If someone else that you really care about was having these eating disorder thoughts, what would you tell them to do? Think about that. Okay, thank you so, so much for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate it. If you have not already, I would love it if you left a review. That really, really helps get the podcast out there and it helps me reach more people so I can help more people with healing their relationship with food and exercise and their body and themselves as well. So thank you again for listening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I will see you next week for another episode. Bye.